you have not become a patron of the Geocache Talk Network, what are you waiting for? Patron levels start as low as a bison tube level at $3 a month. To sign up is easy. Simply go to the Geocache Talk website and click on the Become a Patron button or go to patreon.com forward slash geocache talk. Patrons now get the famous blackout coin, invites to special events, and other really great items throughout the year. Become a patron today. Have you subscribed to FTF Magazine yet? FTF Magazine is the number one geocaching magazine available. It is a quarterly magazine that you can be part of. Submit your geocaching milestones and adventures to be published. FTF Magazine is also interactive with puzzles to solve and the hunt to find Spartacus. If you can solve the puzzle or find Spartacus, then you will be entered in to win a special path tag. Every new subscription, you will receive a special swag pack. Subscribing is easy. Just visit FTF's website, ftfgeo.com. Don't miss out and subscribe today. Welcome to Deep Dive, where we dive deep into geocaching topics. Each episode features in-depth discussions and aims to provide a deeper understanding and appreciation of geocaching and to inspire listeners to explore new aspects of our great sport. And with me, the Brainiac himself. <laughs> the Brainiac himself, huh? I think oh, I, I figured out. I think my problem was my headset. Ah, Okay. So it's not you. So good. So it means my audio is working then. That's good. We can enough. go back to your uh, other one next time. But oh, good. Yeah, good. it was cutting. <laughs> it was cutting out during the opening. It's like that's not Jesse's problem. That's my no, problem. That's not me. So that, you know, I hate it for your headphones, but that's good news. Well, because both of my devices yeah, are the same. probably low. I just need to. I need to charge them. Hopefully, so that'll do it. No big deal. Let me. Uh, make sure though one thing i do want to do is i do want to make sure i've got echo cancellation on because with yeah it is okay because without um without these on sometimes i get a loop we'll get a oh, loop yeah. back but apparently it's it's not so i'm gonna plug them in and get them recharged so we can't have any cool echo effect to make it sound like we're in a you know like a no no Although, uh, I did find something we can do in the future. Oh, so, no. I know it's dangerous. I'm sure there's some kind of AI now that can make us sound like like Snoop Dogg and Eminem talking instead. Yeah. Or I like, uh, I, don't, I don't know who I'd pick though. Who would you pick for AI? Yeah, if, if your voice could sound like anybody, Christopher Walken. Oh God, I couldn't. I couldn't even finish the show like that. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. It's just, there's a, uh, there's a part of Rick and Morty where he's that, where he, uh, uses Christopher Walken because you should be walking. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, Gosh, we would, so we after would our radio, quickly. yeah, after our radio, uh, show, I thought it'd be good if we could get drops. We could do once in a while, like a drop. Yeah, and sure enough, we can. So I downloaded one drop. So um, it doesn't apply to anything right now, but I'm going to play it real quick. Sixty percent of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> that, oh, doesn't no. make, that doesn't make. We don't sense. need that toy. We don't need Gary to have that toy. <laughs> That's going to be stuff all the time. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. So welcome everyone. Um, we are going to 
Barry White. <laughs> there you go. Barry White. Uh, yeah, tonight's is definitely is hashtag brain. Yep. Uh, will be our giveaway, and we will uh, talk about what I've got op- optionally for that. Mm-hmm. And um, so put in hashtag brain, and um, we will do a giveaway at the end of tonight's show, which should be interesting. It's, di- it's a kind of a different different one but hey that's you know that's what we do we're we're here to do things a little bit differently so yeah um any news i know we didn't we haven't had much news lately not really um you know last last week we talked about but international geocaching day did you find one to get the souvenir yeah yeah, yeah. i didn't find one to get the souvenir um oh, I I found just because it was a weekend and it was i was going caching so I'll be honest. I don't, I don't even go look at the souvenirs. So I was out. I, I have, I'm, I'm trying to repurpose. Uh, so I have one, I have a, I have one smoker, a, like barrel type smoker that I, I got actually for free. So I'm glad it was free cause it sucks. Yeah. And so I have an old uh, grill that I, that had a, a smoker box on the side of it um, for s- smoking things. And so, mm-hmm. but it rotted out and I left it in the backyard just to die. And then just to die. Uh, um, <laughs> I got, what's that? Just to die. <laughs> just to die, to, to die a lonely metal death in my backyard. But I, um, I got a, I got a replacement for it, but it's not the same brand. Mm-hmm. So I've had to kind of Frankenstein it. Okay. And so I've been working on, so I got it attached and I got it working. Although I've, I'm working on, I got to, I've had to fill in some gaps on it to make it so that the smoke just doesn't, when I did it the first time, hoping I'd had it right, but it wasn't. And so, you're staring at it going, hmm, the meat's over here, the smoker's here, and all the smoke's pouring out of the, the side. Yeah. So I had to, I, I had to, once once I was done, I had to fix it. So anyway, I was out, long story. But um, the day, that day was, it was Saturday, and I was out buying a few different parts to kind of fill in the gaps to make sure it goes, so yeah. it works you know, right. And so I was like, oh, it's international geocaching day too. I just go grab one. It's like not a shame one, but it's like I'm just gonna grab one because I'll I'll get this, you know. So two things. One, <laughs> I thought that story was gonna go in a totally different direction. Yeah, I thought you say you had an old smoker and you're making it into a geocache to put out. Oh no, I that do have an old light story. Um, but you didn't. But you're doing the right thing. You're you're that's still cool. Two, yeah. So you went out for that souvenir, right? I got it because there's a souvenir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So do you pay attention to souvenirs at all? No, not usually. Okay. (laughs) So without going and looking, how many souvenirs do you think you have? You got to make a guess. Don't go look anywhere. Stay on the same screen. 90-something maybe. Okay. Now go look it up and see how many you have. All right. I'll go look it up. Uh, 
I just happened to it the other day, so that's why I knew generally ballpark what I had. But how how many you got approximately? Uh, I know exactly how many I have. I have two hundred seventy. Oh, um, two hundred and seventy. Yeah, but I mean they're from all kinds of junk, right? Holy cow! You can easily see it in Cashly. So in Cashly, you just go to the profile page and it can show you how many you have. It usually tells you, right? Yeah. So I was looking on. Yeah. Souvenirs. I, I just went to. Com. You can see it too. I just went online and went to souvenirs. I was figuring I could. All right. Uh, I'm 180. So you weren't even close. So you don't even close souvenirs at all. It shows you how little I look at it. That's right. <laughs> That's a good one. So says she's got 230. So just for just for possible future show ideas. Yeah. Uh, for the chat room, take a look at it if you can do it without leaving. You know, don't don't go anywhere. Um. Take a look at it and just post how many souvenirs you have. I'd be interested to see just in general how many people have. And some of them are really cool looking and others are like, meh. I don't have anything against the souvenirs. It's just not part of the game that I play. Right. right? Me too. Like, um, now, not saying that at some time it won't be, but um, there's a lot more than there used to be when we started the game. There's a lot oh, more opportunities for souvenirs. And they do the, they do the um, little games, you know. Yeah, those are the promotional. The, yeah. Which the promotional track, you know. but I really like what they're doing with those, and I think there's a lot of. I think they're testing, hopefully, for future potential things that I, I'd love to see. Hidden creatures and. Yeah, yeah. Again, I I, I know we're going to talk again, but again. The uh, that's how our brain works, right? When we start getting talking about something, we're excited, which is what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, um, we will. Yeah, I really wish they would do something like if a cash has been out there for a certain amount of time or somebody's out of the game, they would put some digital souvenir on it to make people go out after it. And it's a one time collection thing. Yeah, interesting. You could also could put a digital souvenir when a cash is first published for the FTF. And people could go and get those souvenirs and it just like ranks up how many you have and only yeah. one person can get it. Only one per. Oh yeah. Yeah. Eh, yeah. I see your point. Some, there's a lot of things they could do, but I would like to see it mainly for like caches that are just defunct so they can keep the cash board alive. Right. If it hadn't been found in six months. Whoop, it's got a little six month souvenir on it. Go souvenir. Yeah. Or a little, you know, a little pet or something. You can collect them all, but we'll yeah. see what they do with it in the future. It, it's fun to go back through and look at them. I mean, um, I think a good uh, or a good portion of them for me brings back fond memories. Yeah, um, we'll have to do a show on souvenirs soon too. But yeah, because um, oh, I just got another idea. What right. about <laughs> if the cash owner has been out of the game for six months? It shows a little souvenir of a guy on there, and he's unhealthy. And uh, or a tombstone, a tombstone the right out of the game for a year. He puts a tombstone in there. When you go out, you get your digital souvenir and you grab the cash and leave, right? Because it's gone, you archive it, and it boop when you get it, it archives it. <laughs> That's that funny. Would be, that would stop the geo litter out there, yeah. I mean, I would go after those in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, like you give me a little trash can or give me, you know, I guess, uh. And you can just build like a digital souvenir of like a graveyard. I yeah. collected all this trash. That'd be kind of like cool. A mini Cito cleaning up the game board. 
Like yeah. a mini Cito souvenir. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's that would kind of bring back to me a little bit of the the beauty of the souvenir. I mean, the, they're cool, but I'm kind of like you. I don't, I don't normally. Saturday was probably one of the very few times that I got a cash just to get a souvenir. I don't normally do that. Leap day. If you go back and look, there's some really cool leap day series of souvenirs. Those are kind of cool. Um, I'm going to have to call a pause. This is going to be a souvenir show if we keep going. Yeah, we got to keep going. Okay, let's go back. (laughs) So, which is funny because we're talking, we're getting distracted on a show about the brain. Yeah, we are. About being just, yeah. Let's jump into the real topic for tonight. Let's Let's get into the topic. So, I did some research on I wanted to do a show like this for a little while and I I finally decided to go ahead and do the extra research. And so I found some interesting things and I want to run them by you. Um, Answers yes to that. Let's yeah. Like a Grim Reaper. And, yeah, there yes, you go. Absolutely. I would that would be the focus of my game solely from this point on. Yeah. I wouldn't geocache any other way. I would just go out and do that. <laughs> That'd be wild. Um, so I'm, I found some things I want to, I want to read, I am going to read some, and you're not really supposed to read a lot on a podcast, but I'm going to read you a couple items. And then I want to get your thoughts on what these people have said. Okay. So first part is going to be about how we find things. Mm-hmm. So this I found fascinating because geocaching we're always trying to find something right i mean that's the huh. point of geo that's the point i think <laughs> other than social social time but that's that's an event and that's different Absolutely. so first statement our eyes deliver an overwhelming amount of information to the brain mm-hmm. it's not possible for all for all of this information to be processed and so our brain has to make a choice which part of the visual field, the entire plane of vision available to sight, will I focus on? This is what we call attention. The parts of our visual field that we don't pay attention to are barely processed at all. Mm -hmm. That's key. Meaning that in the end, they are not really perceived. This is called attentional blindness. As a result, it's possible to look in the direction of a geocache without perceiving it. This in turn can cause the sense of surprise. And we'll talk about what that does to the body in a little bit, but the sense of surprise we experience once we discover the cache. Mm -hmm. So have you ever had geocaching blindness? Well, absolutely. Right. And Really, there's there's two or three things wrapped up in that. And yeah, obviously I've done some study on the brain in past through sure. education and my master's degree and everything else. But so a lot of that was on how the brain works differently for different people. Right. Um, but it's fascinating. So there's we could talk all day about what you just read easily all day. Yeah. Like way past my bedtime. But <laughs> if you think about it, so we like you're driving down the road, everybody does this, you're driving to work. Now, sometimes we zone out and we don't even remember until we're there, right? We're so lost in our thoughts, which is mm-hmm. super safe, by the way. But um, 
So think about it. You're driving to work or a new place. Let's say you're driving somewhere new. Yeah. You're focused on the traffic, Hopefully. the road, where to turn. But it's not like you can't see the stores on the side, right? You can see like over, you know, over to your right, there's stores or there's something, yeah. right? You're driving through town. Right. You're not cataloging any of that information. You see it in your periphery. You know it's there. You know, if a plane crashed over next to you, you'd see it, but you're not paying attention to anything. Right. Um, when you're driving, you cannot take, you know, that that you're kind of uh, tunnel visioned or whatever, but you're not. You're aware of everything, but right. your brain's not recording all that extra information. It's only recording what you're focusing on. Yeah. You know, you didn't see anything else going on over here. And that's, yeah. that happens all day, every day with our brains, right? Yeah. Um, that's that attentional focus or, you know, um, now if we're alert to something specific, like we're going out geocaching, we're right. looking for something specific. We're trying to focus on things and we're not paying attention around us. And um, that kind of goes back to that whole safety thing, right? When you tunnel vision in on something, you're not paying attention to what's going on around you. And if you're out in the world doing a hobby like we do, that's not always a great thing. Right. Animals, people, everything else around you, and you're focusing so much. Um, but you can focus so much on something and something can be right there next to you and you don't even see it. Yeah. Which gets to the next, next part of the, you, you're exactly right. And so the, we don't, like you said, we do not catalog every single thing that we no. we're seeing. We can't. There's no way. The, the brain was, you know, is developed perfectly to, you know, if used properly, you can, you can focus on the things you need to focus on. The interesting thing though, um, they continue in this, uh, and I've got in the show notes, I've got the references. If you want to go look at these later, please go look at show notes. Uh, we create them and put them up on the web and hope that people go check them out. So hope they're valuable to somebody, right? Hope you know. they're valuable. Yeah. Next part. <clears throat> how, <clears throat> pardon me, how does the brain decide what I'm paying attention to? Mm. <clears throat> Scientists think that our brains have two ways to do this. First, something in the environment can attract our attention. Like you said, if mm. we're driving, the environment, obviously, the intent, the, the, uh, we're attracting the attention of the fact that we're moving forward and there's right, right. things we got to be focused on. But let's go back to, Geo, let's go back to when you're geocaching and you're looking in around GZ. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, an example that I'm going to use is a, some people do, and I've put out some that are, uh, off color. They're not really the color you want to use, but eh, a red bison tube, I'll use it. I'm not really yeah. trying to be, you know, I'm going to leave it red. I don't care. It's just, yeah. uh, you know, I'm putting out a whole series of caches and so, I got a red bison too. I'm going to use it and it's in a tree and it's against a green background. The large contrast between the item and its background, hopefully <laughs> makes the item stand out immediately. Right. Th this is called pop out. The mm -hmm. second way a di of directing attention is by our own conscious thoughts. So apparently if we're looking in a, if, if we're looking, but we're not really um, thinking about yeah. what we're looking at, then things can just pop out. Oh, I see it now because it's just, it's blatant. It's the, the Waldo effect, right? Like yeah. you're looking at a book, you're looking at Waldo, you know, you're looking at him, yes. but you haven't seen him yet. You have right. to look around and see if something's going to pop out, 
as you scan through there, he's going to be a little bit different. Right. We know what he's supposed to look like. So that's how we pop him out in the middle of all that background camouflage. Right. So, yeah, especially when we direct our attention to it. So we're like, yes, we're, we're now going to look carefully for something. Um, for example, you may expect most geocaches to be hidden somewhere close to the ground mm -hmm. that, so you'll pay a little, you'll, so you'll pay little attention to places up high, such as a high branch research mm -hmm. shows that it takes much longer to find objects hidden in unlikely places. Now the Waldo one's a little different because you've got a tidal wave of information that your brain mm -hmm. is looking at and and they all look similar so you're so it's like the have you ever done the uh, once in a while i come up on my phone where you've got like um a bunch of s's and you're supposed to find the g inside yeah. of all the s's right you're like at first you're like it's a sea of s's you can't you you can't just it's not popping out it's not going to yeah. pop out because it's so much similar to the s but when you start to focus, then you can sort of get to a point where you can you can start your brain can start the process. And that's really what can happen. Um, and it happens for different for different people at different no, points. For but. sure. And that's what uh, Scouter T TKD Scouter said. Pattern recognition plays a big part in finding the cat. Absolutely, right? If yeah. You, let's use the bison example, but mm -hmm. now your red bison should stand out because it's gonna pop out, right? Right. Let's say that was a green bison. You know, let's say it looks the color of the tree, like in a pine tree, right? Yeah. So it's not going to pop out when you're doing that. Um, yeah. So an example for this. So we can use, well, one, if we think it's a bison when we get there. Right. We're looking for a bison. Our brain is looking for that shape. Right. Right. Now that can totally throw us off if it's not one, right? But the more cash we do, the more likely we're, we're going to recognize the shapes because we've seen so many of them. But if um, you've seen one. Yeah. Yeah, if, if you're a new cashier and you're like, somebody put a comment and they said, oh, it's a bison tube. And they go, what's a bison tube? Right. right. We were all there. We've all found our first bison tube at some point. Yeah. Right. But um, but I think we can use this same information we're talking about to um, to help us find geocaches. So yeah. one of the things I do, like, let's say we're doing the same thing. It's a, a bison tube. It's in a pine tree, which was there's a million of those in, in Colorado green bison tunes and pine trees right right one of the things that i'd first walk up and look you know first you first do you give it that first scan you're looking yeah. for a bison too it's probably right. going to be green unless somebody's just being a goofball right right um, but um it may pop out to you just because it's you know it's slick yeah it's different that may be what pops out but it also may not um one of the things i do which is the reverse of this is i'll move the tree branch well the leaves sway in one kind of pattern. Yeah. And something hanging usually sways in a different pattern. Different pattern. Sure. That helps a lot of times to spot those. No, but I agree. That's the pop out. You're creating your own pop out when you do that. Right. Shake it. Branches here. Yeah. And you're like, well, that part of that tree, something caught my eye. Part of that tree didn't shake like the rest of it. Right. That's probably our bison tube. Right. So that's kind of the reverse. You're, you're creating your own pop out because you already no, have pattern recognition, but you just got to be able to see it. No, that's really good. That's something that I, I mean, I do similar. Um, another uh, part of that is getting different uh, perspectives on an area. So like you said, and people have in Hodag mentioned that uh, um, 
bison tube in a tree. <laughs> bison yeah. tube, bison, like you said, bison tubes and trees can be very deceptive. They do. It's, they get me. They get me too all yeah. the time. So the um, I try to get different visual perspectives. So I look at it from different angles or I'll, I'll carefully pull the branch down a little bit, not break it, but like pull it down a little bit just so I can get a different angle. on. Yeah. It. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, so th- that's, uh, that's very much part of it. I have a, a funny story. We go back to the, um, and I, I read, I didn't put it in the article cause I don't, I don't know the, whether this is scientifically accurate or not. It's an interesting, it's an interesting tale. And then I've got something similar I want to tell you about. So the tale, whether it's true or not, is that when explorers first came to a certain indigenous uh, shoreline with indigenous folks that live in that area who've never seen a ship before, apparently if you've never seen it before and this is their whether I, I i i i don't think it's perfectly accurate but the idea is that they can't perceive what they're looking at so they're blind to this is the, how the story goes is they're blind to it. they can't see the giant ship because they've never seen a giant ship before yeah but when the men get off and get into smaller ships, then all of a sudden they see them. Yeah. Now, part of it could be the fact that they thought that the big ship is a mirage because they never seen one. So they thought, oh, that's... Right. so anyway, but the idea is that there's a blindness that we can have uh, if we've never seen something before. Now, right. I had a weird to make sense of it. So it's got to, you know, it's got to yeah. be something for us. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So I had a I had a wild one. I was in Longview, Texas, and I um didn't I was uh, solo caching, and I was at this um, cemetery, and there was a cache right at a it was right it was at a fence line. You could reach it. It was just on the other side of the fence line. So um, there was like a tree that was on the other side of the barbed wire for the cemetery. Mm-hmm. So. I can't find it. So I sent, uh, so, and I'm not, I'm think I'm in the right spot. This is back in the day when we weren't necessarily have the accuracy that we used to have. Right. So I called my buddy and I said, you found this cash, right? He goes, Oh yeah, yeah. It's right. It's on the, you know, he explained it to me and I'm like, it's like, and it was found like the day before. So it's like, it's not missing. And I'm looking in this location and I'm like, I can't. And so I, I had him walk me through it. I was like, okay, tell me where you think, tell me, describe to me where this cash is supposed to be. So, was, so he starts describing, he goes, all right. He goes, um, go back to the, this one headstone behind the headstone behind you. He's like, I, I remember this one headstone. He goes, go to that headstone. Okay. Now walk forward to the fence. Okay. Now walk about three feet down three feet north and then look to the right it should be that's about where i remember it to be and i'm looking and i'm looking i'm looking i'm like (laughs) no it's not here it's i mean i'm just like i can't it's not 
I, I, maybe it's gone. I mean, you know, a yeah. day gone by, yeah. you know, who knows? And then all of a sudden I saw it. And it's like, the heck? And then it's like, now you can't unsee it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the whole, it's that whole story of once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's like, how did my brain not see this bison in this, you know, I think yeah. it was like a cedar thing. Cedars are tough down here in the South. It's kind of like pine trees, you know, and I was just staring at it. And, I'm, and then afterwards I sort of stared another minute going, how in the world did I miss this thing? So I guess, I mean, we've all had similar stories. Yeah. Well, our brain makes sense of the information that's coming in. You know, that's how it works every day, right? There's a lot of information coming in and it only makes sense in, of it in the frame of mind that we have. So again, like you've never seen a big ship or you've never seen a bison do before, or you've never seen something. It's just going to make that make sense. You know, it's just like our eyes see different information, but the brain brings those pictures together. Right. Like if you close one eye and look and you close the other eye, you're seeing two different things, but to our brain, we're not seeing those two different things. You know, for us, our brain has already processed that information and given one picture of it. Right. Um, Cause otherwise we wouldn't, yeah. You know, you couldn't even see right. If it didn't. Yeah. Uh, Ravenclaw has a good comment here. Um, and I, I got, to, I got to see her at, uh, at, uh, CoinFest, uh, last year's CoinFest. So it's, it's good to see you. Um, always good to catch up with people. That's always the beauty of, of, of events. But hmm. she says, um, speech language pathologist is what she's, um, I didn't know that. That's cool. Research indicates bilinguals are better at discerning the important information for uh, from unimportant information then monolinguals can can apply to geocaching of the possibilities yeah so there's there's um there's a lot of other things that are affected by that too how your brain works mm -hmm. it's like it's you know it's like it's a hybrid car it's got two engines that are going a lot all the time yeah well there's a lot of that research she's talking about out there and the interesting thing is how would that apply to finding geocaches yeah um so uh, uh, a little bit more and then we'll we're going to jump into another uh section of uh, this is i have a couple of different studies so okay. um attention guidance attention guidance in the process of searching for objects gets help from target what they call target templates and this is kind of we've yeah. talked about this yeah. a little bit mental images or representations of target objects that are used to guide attention during visual search target templates are mental pictures that help direct attention to areas of the room where there are objects sharing features or like when we're geocaching with the thing that you're searching for uh, as you learn about objects in the world you are able to store those objects in memory mm -hmm. like storing pictures on your phone for example thinking about a favorite cache container think about the shape and the color of it. You do not need to have that cache right in front of you in order to think about its features because you have a mental representation in memory of it. In visual search, when you are looking for the cache, the target template in your memory pushes yeah. your attention to objects that are sort of that particular cache shape. So no, yeah, it's, so this is, absolutely relates to geocaching and we all do this without even realizing we're doing it right so think about this 
let's say you're going to find a cache and you know everybody has a different we don't even read the description sometimes right we just jump out and go for it but <laughs> yeah what's one of the, if you're trying to like give yourself a boost either to hurry up and find a cache or find one thing that's gonna be harder what's one of the things we do we go and look at previous photos right mm -hmm. actually makes it super, super easy anyway so we just i'll pull up that page previous photos well what we're doing is we're priming our brain then yeah we're like oh i know exactly what i'm looking for every color and we're going to find it a lot faster than if we didn't know if we just knew it's a regular or if we know it's going to be a bright orange nike shoe box that's yeah. two totally different searches right right so or you know camouflage or whatever it is but if we know the exact shape and size so we've we've already target we already know what our exact target is yeah that's going to help us find it a lot faster now that's also a spoiler right so it is it's gonna be thought of as a spoiler too but if we're trying to enhance you know our ability to find it quickly we feed our brain exactly what we're looking for right and then we do find it a lot quicker we're like oh i think you can scan a lot faster that way yeah and with experience you know a lot of cashers who don't have a lot of experience don't have as many target templates to work with so when right. you so when you tell them Oh, um, it's a it's a lock and lock. Oh, what's a lock and lock? Or you could describe it. You're like, okay, you're describing what it looks like, and they're like, okay. And then when they find it, they're like, oh, um, yeah, I thought it'd be, I thought it'd be smaller than or whatever. I thought it was bigger than this. I thought it was smaller than this. I thought it was, yeah. you know, it's because they don't have the references to things that, you know, we 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 catalog over time when we find different types of caches we kind mm -hmm. of start to know so i mentioned earlier about nanos well if you never found a nano before yeah your brain doesn't ever look for it it's hard to describe this i mean you can explain to them i usually use like a pencil eraser to explain the size but still people until you find one yeah you kind of don't really have that template in your brain of what uh what it looks like so well, a lot uh, of that we're crossing over to the memory part too. But I mean, yeah. if you've never seen a fake bolt geocache, yep. it is extremely tricky. It is for us. We can see them before we even get out of the car. Sometimes we're like, "Oh, this is what that is." You know, you can immediately you're looking for certain things. So knowing what that is ahead of time obviously helps your brain sort through the information. Just like the Waldo thing, right? We use yep. that example again. We know exactly what we're looking for. That's why we're able to find it. If we didn't know, and it just said, find some dude named Waldo, and yeah, he looks different than the other ones, you would never do it. It'd be like, unless you know, you, yeah, unless you've never seen him before, like yeah. by himself, you yeah, you yeah. can't find him. Or yeah. you're trying to find the wizard. What's the wizard look like on the page? Well, the wizard looks like this. Oh, now I now I have a description. Um, yeah. so um, another item, and then we're gonna switch gears to another yeah. part okay. of geocaching, but. Um, another, uh, thing that they mentioned about searching for things you've not seen before. Visual searching is easier when you know the exact appearance. We talked about that. Um, and they give the example of if somebody came and said, Hey, help me find my dog. You've never, maybe you've never seen that person's dog before, but you've seen mm -hmm. a dog. Yeah. So you can generally have a, what you're looking for. Yeah. You have a visual reference in your brain. That goes okay. What do we, and if any he explains like you go. Oh, what are we looking for again? Oh, 
Oh, it's a Great Dane. Oh gosh, yes, we can find that. Yeah. yeah. So you because you give in your brain, you've probably seen one right. more likely, and you can go from there. So, well, um, I think that's and like directly correlated to geocaching too. Um, that's a skill that we pick up over time, right? Yeah. And we're used to looking for things that don't necessarily stand out, but maybe out of place or you know, that could be fake or they're slightly different than the environment or they could be repurposed to something, anything that can contain anything. Right. I, I would assume that those skills translate to other places, you know. Sure. Uh, I'm going to guess, not only because of the whole habit of it, but because of that part, you know, looking for details in the world, like things that don't fit in the common world. That's what we do in geocaching all the time, yeah. right? Unusual. Uh, that's yeah. got to translate over into people that are, you know, into many other aspects of life, like, even like a escape rooms. Now we yeah. know geocachers like doing escape rooms Very because good. we love solving puzzles, but I guarantee you geocachers, a group of geocachers is going to do a lot better than just a general public group that goes in there. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. Um, just because our brains are already working that way constantly. And we, we see those things, even when we're not geocaching, and we're like, Oh, you know, you, you can't tell me that if you stop in a, uh, if you stop right next to a lamppost, you're not going to go, is there a geocache in there? <laughs> Other people aren't thinking that way, right? They just move past that lamppost. They probably never even saw the lamppost. Yeah. We're picking out different things that have, you know, and the longer you do it, you know, it's like those, when a newbie goes out, they haven't experienced a lot of stuff. So they may yeah. struggle on something. Oh, yeah. You know, and the the 74-year-old cashier with bad eyesight sees it as they're getting out of the car. They already yeah. saw, they already know what's going on, you know. Um, so it's it, it's got to have some benefits and i don't know all the places it would have benefits but it's got to still cross over to other things i would think oh yeah no absolutely no um yeah i was thinking also of the um the the the, the fake uh, electrical uh plate yeah you know. somebody mentioned that in the chat room they have one that's getting dns by new cashers and it's yeah right the open yeah they can't see it because they've never seen one before right or you know and you know, you and I, and many, many seasoned geocachers go. If you, you may not know exactly what you're looking for, yeah, the 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 UPOS, the unusual pile sticks. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, us, we're never gonna not see that when we're walking in the woods. No, we always see it. You can have ten other super experienced cachers; they're not even thinking anything about it. They're never gonna notice that pile of sticks there. Yeah, you know, but, experienced hikers or whatever, not non-cachers. I mean, yeah. But we go through the Rolodex in our mind of like, okay, um, is it a, you know, is it a magnetic uh, key holder? Okay, yeah. no. Take a look at the pole again. If it's not, a, it's not under the lamp. If you know, it's not an LPC. Then, you know, you, you start that process like you're talking about. Like you're like, oh, um, maybe it's um, maybe it is one of those fake uh, electrical panels. Yeah, uh, found found one of those in Oklahoma. It's like. Not in a normal location. It just happened to be what they used. Yeah. Um, I'm horrible at um, finding caches on tanks and cabooses. And, oh, gosh. Those are hard. I'm terrible at it. And I kind of know what I should be looking for, but not always. And so part of that, I think, is even though I've done it a few times, I'm just bad mm -hmm. at it. Well, it's just, I mean, that's like washout. Of you know, it's yeah. those are usually the trends are like black on black on black, and you're yeah. like, oh my gosh, there's hardly you're, you don't have any, you know, even though you have the target, 
You know what the part what it probably looks like. Right. You know, there's no pop at all. No. It's also suppressed. There's nothing to make it stand out from the background. And nope. you know, it fits the contours of those things really well because there's bolts and everything else on them that yeah. are also painted black and look very similar. It that is definitely a uh that's definitely a hard one. You get it is. There's none of those visual clues to immediately recognize it. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a couple um, other items I want to run by you as far as um, what the benefits, and this is something that you could uh, take this section in of the show and give it to somebody who is like, meh, geocaching, meh. Yeah. There's no, what's the point? I'll tell you the point. It's yeah. healthy. Yeah. Geocaching is healthy and it's healthy in many ways. Physically it's healthy. Yeah, obviously. But I'm going to talk to you and get your opinion on some items that I found about how it's mentally healthy. So uh, first off, I found a um, uh, article and also again in the show notes, but finding a geocache has great benefits. It increases brain production of dopamine. Yeah. And we'll talk more about dopamine in a moment, but the neurotransmitter responsible for regulating mood and optimism. It also affects learning, memory, concentration, and motivation. Dopamine is released every time we do a puzzle or even every time we put a piece in the right place. Yeah. Or in our case, finding a geocache. This encourages us to continue to do so and challenge ourselves. And I got a, uh, another article we'll get to in a moment about how dopamine. Uh, I'll go ahead and read to you, and then I'll let you comment on all of the dopamine okay. items yeah. I've got here. Dopamine, as I mentioned, a neurotransmitter. Your body makes it, and your nervous system uses it to send messages between nerve cells. That's why it's sometimes called a chemical messenger. Mm -hmm. Dopamine plays a role in how we feel pleasure. It's a big part of our unique human ability to think and plan. It helps us strive, focus, finding things interesting. So... The boost of dopamine from geocaching. How about that? Well, and, and it makes sense, right? It's not just geocaching, but it's anything like that. And uh, it's a good one, too, because it comes in so many different forms for us. But right, it's like a runner's high or anything else like that. You know, your brain gives you a reward for achieving your task, right? They're like, that's a task. We like that. You know, we're happy about that. Um, and... Sadly, it's it's like drugs or anything else. When you first start geocaching, everyone you find is awesome, right? Yeah. Your dopamine rush out of that is that you're just like, whoa, that was awesome. I, I did it. I figured it out because there's all this brand new information coming at you. Novel stimuli from uh, this is the first time I've ever done a puzzle. This is, you know, this is all different. All right. those things. Um, sadly, it does decrease some over time, but there's still that dopamine hit. Every time you find one, right? When you walk up and find a cache, you like it. Yeah. You know, unless you're totally sabotaging the experience by just doing everything else. Every time we find one, we get a little dopamine hit. And that's yes. perfectly healthy, you know? Um, and I, I think that's obviously good for the brain and the body. So in that respect, and um, because our game is so varied, one of the hardest things about any kind of regular dopamine, you know, is keeping it new enough. Well, sure. Our game, even, you know, we're between the two of us, we're over 20,000 cash fines or something, right? Probably or, or 15 or 20 or whatever. But um, 
how after 20,000 something's still interesting? Well, in geocaching, unlike some other hobbies, um, there's so many different aspects. Like you've never been to puzzles or puzzles are different every time. Or right. now this is a type I don't normally do, or this is an area I don't normally do it. You can change your environment so much over time. It keeps that, you know, that novel stimuli there. Um, and which again, taking this a little further, mm-hmm. um, one of the biggest things to stave off Alzheimer's, yes. you know, outside of medicine, and everything else is new challenges for your brain. Right. You know, um, it, challenging your brain one is good, but new challenges are even better, right? Like crossword puzzles or something like that. That's great. But after you've done them a thousand times, it's not getting that same kick that you do. So right. for brain health, you've got to get new experiences for your brain. So your brain has to struggle and do things. Geocaching is great for that because it constantly changes. Even if you're just going after the most basic traditional cache, people keep coming up with brand new creative ways to hide them. So yes. it does keep changing. It doesn't lose that effect at like a lot of other hobbies would, right? Yes. Um that's very good. We get constant new information coming in our brain to challenge in our brain, not only to get the dopamine hit, hit, but we also are continuing to stave off other memory related issues, you know, later. Yeah. And let's you know, be honest, a lot of the cashers are not 19. Yeah. They're more likely to be 91 than 19. So, <laughs> um, Sadly. We all start getting where we go with, you know, we got to start working on memory now to keep it strong you know it's not that simple obviously we're, we're simplifying this but you know just like a muscle keep working it out and it'll stay healthy over time don't give it anything new challenges and it'll kind of just atrophy you know yeah i mean that's also a really good uh promotional point on doing a uh, gen <laughs> from events absolutely right meeting new yeah. people stuff like that yeah so events cannot just find an actual geocache but events are just like that too yeah um yeah we'll we'll we can talk briefly i got some stuff on uh caffeine also caffeine and geocaching dave in the yeah. show notes i don't know if we'll get to it or not but um one of the things too yeah, that i want to we can sort of promote is puzzle caches so yeah uh, a lot of people don't want to do puzzle caches but if you start start with the easy ones and work your way up um mm-hmm. to doing a little bit more and sort of work that area because in a sense you get two hits in this, you know, two, you you get the, you get the dopamine hit of solving it. And there's Mm -hmm. people like electric water boy, old Tom Brotherman. He just, even though he'll never be in, you know, probably in Kazakhstan his life, he's going to solve that puzzle cache because he gets a dopamine hit by yeah. just solving the puzzle, you know, and a lot of people do that. They want to be first to solve or at least solve it, you know, mark that they've done it, you know, and uh, just for their own, you know, benefit. So yeah, the, uh, yeah. I do that as well. And it's interesting too, because if we're just talking about promoting the benefits of geocaching. If we're going down yeah. that road, um, yeah. let, if you like puzzle books or anybody's ever done puzzle books, you know, you can buy them cheap, the Sudoku and all that other stuff. Yeah even though they're generally cheap in a store and you can buy them constantly if you wanted to, you've already got access to a million of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Puzzles are open. Just like you said, all over the world, you can solve, yeah. puzzle, you can solve a puzzle every day. I mean, you can solve 10 puzzles every day. Yeah. You're not going to come close to even no. doing anything, you know, at the end of the year, there's no. so many puzzles that come out constantly. Um, 
it's it's not a bad activity to do exactly what he's talking about and just scroll somewhere brand new and say, I'm going to start solving all the one, one puzzles in Australia. Yeah. And move on from there. Right. You never have plans to go there. It doesn't matter. You have free access to brain training. Yeah. You know, there's those apps that do that stuff and it costs a bunch of money. Right. And you have a whole system to keep track of it too. You They're know awesome. what you've done because you solve it. Right. Yeah. Um, you, you can just look at geocaching and not even go out and get tons of brain training just sitting in your living room. Yeah. Absolutely. And absolutely free in the sense that you already have a geocaching account if you're looking it up, right? Exactly. Um, but you don't have to buy anything additional. Like get it on and solving those doesn't cost anything additional. And every time you stop find a new one, you just helps your brain. Yeah. Um, some folks are mentioning about reading a nice log. Perfect. It, absolutely. Like there's so many things in geocaching. The hides put together, cache page, watching your travel bug move around the world. Um Yep. Yeah, a, a log on a cache. There's so many rewarding, healthy, rewarding things in geocaching for those for those new experiences. Yep. Favorite point. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, just, which is why geocaching works as a healthy brain activity because we can sit here and just list different aspects of the game all night long. Oh, we can. And still not scratch the surface of what people can do and new things that you can do. It's a really robust hobby in that way. It really is. Uh, another, uh, as we start to get toward the end though, I've got another area that I found, uh, about decre decreasing stress in in addition to challenging us, it also helps us relax. Our brains go from beta beta or awake to a state of alpha. When you're geocaching, the alpha state is similar to the state we are in when we're dreaming. This, this shift in consciousness comes with many benefits including ability to make deeper connections, improve our mood, improve our self-confidence, relieve stress, even lower bread, blood pressure and heart rate. You know, something that they, um, I, I, I think I've, I sense this uh, in my memory of when I go out with the Motley Cashing crew and the fact that so many things get just are gone. Mm -hmm. I mean, and fortunate, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty blessed. I don't really have a stressful life. I don't think, or stressful right. The job has some stress, but it's, eh, you know, it's, it's a job. But one of the things though, is that for people that are, have really high stress level mm -hmm. type situations, either home or, or uh, work or relationship, whatever it is, when they go geocaching, and I know that when uh, we go out as our group and we are and we are, we're into it, you know, we're going from we're going cash to cash. Um, you sort of, you know, for you know, thankfully, you forget everything. You're just focused on the next, you know, on that cash, and then yeah. maybe the next cash, and you forget all about everything going on in the world whatever it is or in your or everything going on and even in your world and it can really relieve a lot of that um you know stress in your life it can lower your blood pressure mm -hmm. um, there's so many things that are such a benefit to that um time that you're geocaching and that um you know uh, we we know that but sometimes I don't think we express that to others as to why 
it's such a great sport. Yeah. So, and I think, um, and it's not a common, uncommon technique to to relieve stress to get your mind on something else, right? But mm-hmm. I think why it's it's doubly effective for geocaching, and there's other things that would do a similar response, obviously, but why I think it's doubly effective for geocaching is, let's say you're using it to get your mind off stress and everything else, right? Yeah. You're going out, you're getting into the zone, you're totally phased in. Yeah. Um, I think why it does so well is it's not just a mental distraction. Right. It's also a physical distraction. Okay. So with geocaching in general, and not everything is hanging off the side of a mountain, right? But I mean, if you're just walking around and keeping aware of your senses and yeah. also trying to find something that's brand new and, you know, and you may not have seen one before, you're right. using all of your brain that you can and you're using your body as well, right? Because you're out right. there around the environment. So when you combine those two things, a physical and a mental challenge, that is a very good way to get your mind off everything else you're doing. So it makes sense that you could use it as rather than some of those unhealthy coping mechanisms that too many of us use, right? Yeah. Alcohol and drugs and cigarettes and all that other stuff. And right. People use those geocaching can take place of that because it does give you that, that dopamine hit, the physical and, and mental challenge, and just gives you a break for a minute. And with the world's crazy, it's been crazy yeah. in the last few years. There's a lot of things going on now that are crazy. That we don't talk about on the show. Yeah. And, um, geocaching still there through all that. Yeah. Right. Me and you have been doing geocaching through all those things that have happened in the last decade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a good escape. You know, it, I used it to keep my mind off the pain I was in after I had a big surgery years back. Yeah. But, That's uh, what got me up off the couch, started using my brain again, started using my body again. And it, you know, it was, it can, you know, it, it can just do so many things when you challenge your brain in that way, I think, and really relieve the symptoms of depression. It can do a lot of things. Obviously it doesn't cure anything. Right. But, it just all those mood levels go up. You get off the distractions, you know, distracted from whatever is going on in your life. Yep. And uh, we we undersell those benefits a lot when we're talking about geocaching. I think. Yeah, and uh, one sort of last item, and then we're going to do our giveaway, and I'll tell you what we've got. And that is, um, I'm a big proponent in something that's similar to what we're talking about, which is making geocaches. So. Yeah. The process that you can go through, and a lot of people, surprisingly, I'm I'm always shocked to see where people don't hide geocaches. And, of course, I'm not going to go on a huge rant about that, but if people don't hide geocaches, then you don't get to go find geocaches. Right. Because if somebody's not doing it, they aren't out there. So um, you need to be part of that. You need to be part of the solution, and that is hiding quality geocaches and then maintaining those quality yeah. geocaches so there's there's a couple things you said there one of course we need to hide geocaches we're both on the same boat yeah. when it comes to that right um hide good things for other people to find because you like finding good things that's just part of the game to give back but you, you mentioned something else in there not just hiding a geocache but you said creating a geocache yeah. well we it ties into everything we've done tonight, but like one of the aspects of geocaching that's the most brand new every single time is when you're creating your own geocache. If you're like, even if it's something like a birdhouse or, you know, anything that we've seen so common now, but it's still new and different. Anytime you can create something, especially physical, mental, using all those, that, those aspects, that's like one of the best things you creating something original and new 
is I, I can't think of a better thing for your brain than that. Yeah. You know, so that's a couple, as creative as you can get. Yeah. A couple of things is um, I appreciate Adi being in the chat room. I have you and I both have had so much joy and dopamine hits oh, off yeah. of Adi's, Adi's caches uh, that um, are just incredible. So Adi, again, thank you, sir, for doing what you do. Hopefully you find a lot of joy. I know um, y- your daughter, uh, we found hers uh, in Colby, and I know, mm-hmm. I think she's pretty proud uh, of, of the one butterfly one we did, though. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, keep, keep doing what you're doing. And um, one thing Olivia mentioned yeah. about, they get stolen a lot. Go ahead. You know, oh, they're both looking on the same time. <laughs> no, fine. So this is a good, this is a good, this is a good thing that I know I usually get very down on uh, about things when they get stolen or smashed or whatever, mm-hmm. but turn it into a positive and go, you know what? Challenge accepted. If you think you can find my cash, a it's for another show, but all my caches are premium for the most part. I got like two, I, I got yeah. about, I don't know, 60, premium caches and about two that are not um which kind of cuts down on the riffraff a little bit but what i've done before is um i have redone a location going okay you know what my cash was probably too obvious for the the general public and they found it so you know what i'm going to make one that basically blends in and only geocachers will find it. Yeah. And it, um, just like Tiger, I just said, it is part of the game. If yeah. you're out there in public spaces, it, that is bound to happen. So just like trackables, right? It's yeah. it's part of the game. Now, it sucks. And don't get me wrong. If one of mine goes missing, I think somebody stole it. I'm all kinds of pissed off, right? I mean, we all, right? Are, right? We're like, this is no, I'm, I'm mad and everything's stream you can think. However, yeah. it is just part of the game. And we got to take that attitude some, right, with it because, we can do our best, but people stumble across things. It just, it happens, right? Yeah. Um, but if, if we don't, then we will lose a lot of people hiding geocaches because they're letting that stop them. Yeah. Um, and it sucks. It's terrible. We'll never stop people from stealing stuff, but we, we can't shut down the game for fear of that. It, and, you know, and I, I feel sympathy. I've had them stolen. I had one stolen that I worked on for three months. It was out for three days and it was gone. Yeah. And, you know, it's a container that I've spent tons of time and new stuff on. And it just, it is what it is. I was mad, but after a little while, I was like, well, that's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Carry on. Don't let the muggles get you down as they, you know, you see yeah. the thing. Um, well, we got a giveaway so, to do too. Yeah. Let's do the giveaway. Um, so, real quick, um, I'll show you. Uh, some of the items that we have, we were fortunate to have. Uh, so I still have a guitar from last year's Cash Fest. I still have a bison, mm-hmm. cute bison dude from from two years two, two years ago now. Um, and then I have some of our old, um, I guess we call them old coins now, Jesse. But this is the yeah. um, Geocache Talk one. I still have some kids. Yeah. Yeah, current version. Get the geocaching with kids, um, and then I do have a couple gadgets. So and these are all out of production now, right? There's no more. Yeah, they, yeah. They, 
we're not we're not remaking any of those at the moment so and then so there you go uh oh i've got i still have a couple of these uh gc world um decks of decks of cards um let us go on we're gonna have to come up with a time to be able to do that again yeah maybe we'll do it on a, a show or something or extra show or whatever for that so all right let me bring up the screen so while you're bringing that up yeah really like that bison coin right yes we think and you know we can't announce where future ones are going to be right but when we do this next one that i'm thinking about for cash fest i'm thinking a grizzly bear is going to be a good coin for it Ooh, interesting i know we can't say that we're going to have one in alaska yet but i'm just saying i like your thinking it just sounds so good coin fest alaska i'm just saying coin fest alaska has sort of a I mean, it just you know we 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 break ground all the time. We the are only ever mega in Alaska. That's going to be nobody's ever going to break that one. No, and we're a show that that breaks new ground all the time. I mean, we yeah. we we do things, and I need to go back someday and just write down all the things we've done. We were the first to do um, the challenge cash fest Antarctica, the leaderboard, <laughs> yeah, cash fest Antarctica. So. All right, Jen. Yep. No whammies. Whammies. All right. I'm, I'm going to push the button. Here we go. Oh, Ready Ghost Swimmer got his in the last minute. Hashtag okay. brain. Put in hashtag brain. You got to do it. Real, do it real quick. Here we go. All right. Pushing the button. Here we go. Round and round she goes. Here we go. Push the button. That's all I do. I push the button and it just spins. There's all the people. It's spinning. It's spinning. See all the names from the chat room tonight. Christ our King, 987. Christ our King. I think, I think fortunate for him. Congratulations. I think that's his second win. But we're good with that. So it'll be a while before we're allowed to win again, right? Yep. That was a long time ago when they won, though, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it's been a while. Um, yeah. Either way, congrats. Email in. Congrats. Uh, at gmail.com to tell us which prize you want. Yeah. Send us an email and uh, we will um, we'll go from there. And uh, we'll see everybody. Um, Sunday is uh, another gadget. Gadget, uh, gadget talk. And then. Uh, we'll be back here on uh, Thursday. I'll be on the road, but that's okay. I'll be somewhere, and we'll do another. Uh, we'll do another deep dive. So, yeah, we'll thanks everybody out. for being along. Thanks, Jesse. That was a good talk. A good, good discussion. And yeah, we can uh, talk about that and the benefits of the brain geocaching for many oh, more yeah. hours. But I think we hit, and in the notes, people can look at more information as well. Yeah, we got some more. I we didn't we didn't cover there's and like you said, this is this one can be revisited in some someday in the future because there's more there's so much to, to talk about. You could so, almost say there's enough to write a book on it. A book. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody.